Good afternoon, Happy New Year, and welcome to the Spanish Announce Table in 2022. And um, yeah, we've got a bit to get through already, and it's only it's only the second of second of January. My name is Damien, and I'm joined today by the ginger genius himself, Mr. Colin Barker. Evening, Damo. Uh, well, afternoon, evening. It's, it's that time of day anyway. It's the second of January. We're recording this the day after day one from the WWE paperwork uh, pay-per-views. Can I just say this is this is today we're going to do a bit of Facebook Live where this is going to go out on Facebook as well as uh, in the monthly podcast now. So let's enjoy it. Last night it was day one, and before we started, this is going to be supposedly one of the big five um, pay per views of the year. Now they, they've got rid of the December pay per view, and it's day one, January the first. And do you know what I felt? I heard. What's up? What? What the hell are doing with it? Anyway, <laughs> before we started, the tweets came out. Roman Reigns has got COVID-19. He's out the door. He won't be defending. Now, I don't know if this is top-notch, but I expect they've got to keep him away because he's immunocompromised. You know, as any cancer sufferer like myself was, you know, we've always got to be careful uh, with what's around the corner. So, that was fine. And then all of a sudden... Next came out, well, the Fatal 4-Way is now a Fatal 5-Way. We've just added Brock Lesnar to it. And I thought, <laughs> what? <laughs> there, there, was, there was no need for it, really, was there? You know what I mean? It's like they could have they they put Brock Lesnar up against somebody else, you know? Or, like, I don't know, maybe had him attacked by the Usos beforehand or something. Or, you know, th- yeah. there, was, there was no need for, um, for him to be involved in the match on the other brand's title picture. <laughs> right. It's done two things. It's done two things, and we'll and we'll talk about this at the end. Uh, putting Brock, giving him a chance at the WWE Championship instead of the Universal Championship. Where's the momentum going for the Brock versus Roman? That's number one. Big E, where's he going to be left with this? Because I can imagine he'll have a face uh, <laughs> as long as anything today. I can imagine, but that's not. You know, I keep thinking ahead. Who's going to win the Rumble after this show and who's going to be in the main event at WrestleMania? Those are things I'm thinking about. We'll talk about them at the end of it, table. Let's get onto the card. And uh, the pre-show kicks off. Uh, Seamus and Ridge Holland. Uh, Ridge Holland, Luke Menzies, uh, as we used to know him over in the UK. I've seen him on the scene in, uh, I think the last time I saw him, uh, was actually in North Island and he was fighting uh, Rampage Brown. And these two big boys were battering each other. Then he went to America, and they face off against Cesaro and Ricochet. And did we get what we expected, Demo? Um, not exactly. Um, unfortunately, in another turn, another turn of unfortunate fate for uh, for our good friend Ridge, um, he took a little bit of a nasty boot to the face at the hands of a uh, a, a moonsault by Ricochet, which uh, which broke his nose fairly early on in the match and basically gave us a handicap match of Sheamus versus Cesaro and Ricochet. Um, You know, I mean, the pool, the pool, I just can't, uh, he just can't get a chance. You know what I mean? It's like every every time he's about to break out, because I think this was going to be his, like the start of his, Ooh, look, there's something special here type run. He was going to get the rub, especially beating a Cesaro or Ricochet. I think Ricochet was doing that 450 malarkey. 
And uh, the worst bit is they reshored it a little later on. And you actually see Ricochet's boot just hit his blooming nose. Poor lad. And uh, I'll see the pictures of the tweet with two big uh, cotton wadded right up his nose, keeping his nose straight, I think. Uh, but, uh, yeah. uh, well, put it this way. Sheamus had to wear a mask for a period of time. Looks like he's just going to pass that over to Ridge now, doesn't he? The pair of them might as well come out <laughs> with, them, with, them, with them plastic masks on. Anyway, look, there's no wrong with Ridge Holland. You know, he, he's got money written all over him. Absolutely he has. Uh, Sheamus doing the best uh, work he has done for years. He's got that. He's got a bit of zest and stuff like that. Uh, I'm, I'm gutted that, that Cesaro, they keep booking him as just missing out. We need, you know, I'd be quite happy if Cesaro won the Royal Rumble. I think that would elevate him again. And I think it that'd would. be good. Absol I, I'd go Absolutely, that. I would. The trouble is that Ricochet in the land of giants, he's never going to get anywhere, is he? In the land of giants in WWE, he's always going to be a jobber, isn't he? That's the unfortunate. That's the unfortunate thing. I mean, Ricochet is a fantastic performer. Um, obviously, accidents do happen. Um, I mean, the way that the way that they kind of made up for this and sort of took Ricochet out so that the so that the decision could still go the same way with the white noise on the outside uh, was, you know, that was good thinking on the feet there by uh, you know, like mid match, but uh, and obviously the the team the team won and was still announced as the team winning. Of uh, Sheamus and uh, Sheamus and Ridge, but um, it's you know it, it's it's just unfortunate when things that things like this occur. Look, life goes on, life goes on. We come on to the main show, and the first match up is a SmackDown Tag Team Championship: The Usos versus King Woods and Sir Kofi. This match lasted just over seventeen minutes. It was a great opening. These two tag teams have an excellent chemistry. You're never going to have a bad match between these two. Whether you've got the devious Usos or the quick-thinking uh, <laughs> Kingston and uh, and Woods in the new day. Uh, these boys, as always, you get a show going with speed, agility, and they did, don't you think? Yep, fantastic match. It was great, great to watch. Um, I mean, the promos leading up to it, I'm not a big fan of the... Uh, the kings and queens having the suddenly developing a British accent that uh, that's something that troubles me a little bit. Um, but it was great to see the uh, like the the it's been great to see the evolution of the Usos in general. You know, since uh, since basically being part of the the faction with Roman Reigns since being part of the bloodline, it's kind of it, it it's like it, it sort of seems to have lit a fire under them again. And um, I mean, I remember watching them back in the mid 2000s as uh you know the two islanders with the face paint and all that and and such like and seeing this this sort of more together and more um coherent say, more like, yeah that's the word yeah <laughs> and the more coherent uh a word, a word that uh, is somewhat outside of my lexicon apparently oh, today i do apologize right. <laughs> but um yeah the uh i mean seeing them in this more like coherent fashion is something yeah. that is, you know, it, it, it's an absolute joy. To, it's an absolute joy to watch. And uh, the new day working together with them in ring, absolutely brilliant. Can I just say the crowd were even cheering the Usos at points through this match. They've got that, you know, what I would suggest is that stone cost, a stone cold Steve Austin goal where you can be as hale as you want, but you're still going to get cheered. 
And, and I think the Usos and Roman are now in that little niche now. And I'm happy, happy for them. You know, a, a great little spot was Kofi down in the middle, a double splash from the corners by the Uso. Absolutely beautiful and perfect. Yeah. And then you just know that Pritchard has written this. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the win for the Usos using the Dudleys 3D, which Michael Cole went on and called it the 1D, as in day one. And I thought, yeah. Michael Cole, you pillock! Yep. <laughs> I mean, I was just on thinking there. I mean, this, this could quite easily refer to a couple of things, but there's one thing that the Usos missed the trick out on there. They 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 never used the whole day one ish catchphrase about the like at any point during the build to the to this pay per view, you know that was the old the old thing that they yeah uh, they had for a while but the um but yeah no the the seeing the three D as well that kind of came straight fairly close after Bully Ray put that tweet out about uh, if people pop more for your move than your music yeah then. Yeah, that, that that tweet that he put, he put out. I was just thinking, yeah, that's a little bit of a little bit of a nod there. Well, we we shall wait and see. Uh, the second match on just a singles match. Uh, this didn't last long, to be honest. It was <laughs> Madcap Moss with Happy Corbin versus Drew Maxer. Now, to be honest, I couldn't see the point of this match. You know, I know they've had a bit of banter between Moss and Corbin and McIntyre, but did it? Should it have gotten a pay per view? I'd have quite happily left this out, but we find out after after the match the reason why it was on. Now, uh, the reason it was against Madcap, which you would have thought if it was going to be against anyone, it should have been Corbin as the, as the, like the A out the B of that team. Uh, anyway, Moss, I don't think he did badly. He's a good looking lad. I'll give him that. But what I didn't get was listening to the commentary and the and Pat McAfee was talking about the goat. Uh, the goat, what a goat is. And he said, a goat yeah. in Scotland uh, for Drew McIntyre is his prom date. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh my God, <laughs> you know, who really? writes your lines, boys? Who writes your lines? Do you mean, glad he was. I think, he's, I think he's getting them off dad joke central. <laughs> he is, absolutely. Oh, dear me. I was absolutely gutted to that. Uh, lovely seat, you all. You know McIntyre's a stellar performer. He does put these great moves and transitions together. Like there was a nice pair of belly-to-belly -belly suplexes, uh, belly-to-belly -belly overhead suplexes, followed by that neck breaker, and then he just kips up. And, you know, it always reminds me of the Russian leg sweep uh, from yeah. Bret Hart, and he transitions through to the uh, the, the, the sharpshooter. So, and it's great that they've got these four or five little moves transitioned, a nice little sequence, and you know what's coming. And it's the three, two, one, and stuff like that. Uh, Moss caught McIntyre with a beautiful sit-down uh, spine buster for a two, and I thought that. I thought shit, they're going to give him a match here, but fortunately <laughs> not. Uh, as the way McIntyre goes to the claymore, uh, misses it, gets a kick in the mush, and then uh, gets back up. McIntyre bounces off the ropes. Claymore one, two, three, done and dusted. He's out the side door. Uh, while Moss and Corbin are seeing what's happening. And now we find out, uh, well, in the show a little bit longer, but we'll cover it at this point, uh, Moss and Corbin uh, come to uh, McIntyre's interview and they, and they mash him with a piece of steel scaffolding uh, to his neck. Well, we understand 
that, that McIntyre needs some type of neck surgery or therapy. So it's going to be out for a few weeks. So I think this was the only reason it was on the pay-per-view is to write him off for a few weeks. And if that's the reason, well, that's fine with me. Absolutely fine with me. But yeah, nice little match. You always knew uh, McIntyre was going to win. And this is the trouble with WWE pay-per-views. They're so predictable. I could go on the betting shop and I could make money on Paddy Power with this. I, I, I can tell you, when I've written down my list of who was going to win tonight, everyone I got right. And it yeah. should never be predictable, you know, when you are programming a show. You always need a bit of a what? Or, you know, or yeah. something like that. And it didn't happen. Everything you expected to happen, happened. You know, uh, Kevin Owens then came out, did a little interview. Morning about Brock and Lashley, and also, you know, he's got his good mate Seth Rollins. And uh, we'll just wait and see because those two certainly might be a tag team in, in future. Uh, it, yeah. uh, it certainly does, it certainly does look like that chemistry is there. I mean, just to circle back to McIntyre again, this is this will be the second time that he's had uh, had to take time off with a neck injury. Uh, obviously, wish him all the best. Hope he's uh, hope he's. His uh, procedure that he's whatever procedure he's taken through um, goes as well as uh, as well as humanly possible. Uh, obviously, the first time was when he was working for Impact, and also at the same time WCPW, and there was the uh, the the outcome of the match with him and Joseph Connors, where he uh, he took a double arm DDT uh, very uh, very badly and broke his and broke his neck there, and had to be pulled from a lot of Impact pay per views and. Uh, and and TV for quite some time, um, but this I tell you, I mean, like I said, all the best to McIntyre um, in a speedy recovery. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll hopefully see him quite soon. Uh, third match up tonight, tag team uh, match for the Raw. Uh, sorry, for the uh, Raw uh, Tag Team Championship, the Street Profits and RK Bro. Uh, now it's a face versus face. And there was all the handshakes uh, and all the pats on the back at the end, which is great. And I don't find that troublesome. You know, I, I, th- I think it's great that they, they do that. I know like a lot of the Japanese promotions always shake or nod before they start. And that, that's not a problem. You know, it's a respect yeah. thing to your opponent. But it is, yeah. who the heck are the Migos? <laughs> you know, uh, like, I've got the names here because I do research. You guys go, Quavo... <laughs> Offset and take off. Now, I understand they're from Atlanta and they've been around for about 13 years and they do hip hop group. Whatever that is, you know, no doubt it's something that yeah. I'm just not going to get and I'm not going to enjoy. But if they've been on for 13 years, good luck to you, boys. Yeah, I mean, I mean their, their involvement in this was, I mean, I mean, it's, it's got to the point now where I've watched so many musical, uh, like, musical acts and uh, various other ent- entertainers and um, people in the entertainment industry outside of wrestling getting like sit like sitting around ringside during uh, during matches that when I when I start this when I see a band when I see someone like the band like Migos coming down to do commentary or coming to sit next to the commentary table on this uh, particular you know, like on on a particular match, the first thing that goes to me is, "Oh no, they're not going to shoehorn these in somehow." Other than one of them's going to hold a chair or something, or one of them's going to get run over, and you know, or like by so by someone getting thrown through the announce table or something. You know, I was sort of expecting a lot, a bit of involvement from them, um, and 
I'm glad that we didn't get that during the actual match. Do you know what I uh, thought? You know what I thought was going to happen. You know, we had bad buddy last year with Damien Priest. I thought we yeah. were going to have Migos uh, with RK Broad and stuff like that. And I thought, oh, what's going on? I would have thought they'd have been better coming out with the Street Profits and not RK Broad. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. that's, that's what I didn't get. That's what I, I didn't get. You know, uh, I'm not sure that Randy, you know, knows these guys too well. But it was just like, if you had to say which ta- which tag team to come out with, you'd have thought Street Profits is more their type of music I would expect. Exactly, yeah. I mean, they're a much better fit to come out to, to come out as you say with the Street Profits. They just they just fit in better with that particular gimmick. Unless unless there's something that we don't know about from the last thirteen years where they've come together through a completely random circumstance, you know, like the uh, like like Al Cape Road did. The only, yeah, well, <laughs> the only thing I know is they've been based around Atlanta, and I think it's just famous local folk uh, get their faces yeah. in there. And I think that's all it is. Uh, it was a good back and forward match. Uh, Ford and Dawkins got uh, the main of the match against Riddle, and of course, it's that eternal, uh, you know, handout to to Randy Orton to get the hot tag, and that's where the match changed. You know. Randy's just that massive, big baby face. And I know that people tipping him already to win the Rumble. Now, I can't see a reason why. I think him and Riddle doing tag team is great as long as they hold on to the belts. So I can't see no reason for him to win the Rumble uh, or even Riddle. I don't think he's got a chance. You know, I know Vince actually gets Riddle's human now, I understand. He didn't in the first place, but that's absolutely cool. Yeah. Lovely spot in this. Uh, a double draping DDT by Randy on both of the Street Profits. You know, absolutely great seeing them bouncing off the off the mat. And uh, Montez flies over that Somerset plunger over the top corner onto RK Bro. Uh, he's just a flying machine, is Montez. Absolutely lovely. See him flying. I mean- it, it, it's like, is he not affected by gravity or something? I mean, it's like he's, when you watch him, when you watch him fly, the amount of air time that he gets is absolutely unreal. He's a massively athletic uh, performer, and I mean, Street Profits are a brilliant team together. It works really well having the uh, having the sort of big powerhouse and uh, and also the uh, you know and also the the little the little one that flies around like a pinball. <laughs> he certainly does a lovely floating arcade bro. Uh, to finish off the match, the pop-up by Riddle and the big RKO down uh, on poor old Montez uh, for RK Bro to retain their their Raw Tag Team Championship. And to be honest, you know, they've still got plenty of people against them. I would quite happily keep putting up Street Profits, keep putting up Mysterios. Not a problem. There's There's plenty of folks in there. But could we see a Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins up against these two in the in the future? It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I mean, I mean, both teams are uh, really coming into their own at the moment. I mean, like the the sort of odd, awkward chemistry that Alkib uh, Row have got is starting to it's starting to gel a bit more, and it's it's working. And it, it doesn't it, it it has no business working. It. It's it's like when you put peanut butter and chili sauce on the same sandwich. It really shouldn't work, but it does. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and, 
I mean, well, the street I, the street profits are a hell of a team as well. But it, I'm just hoping that uh, I'm just hoping that they remain a team because I know there was talk about splitting them up earlier on last year, and um, and it, it's like. It, it seems like a lot of tag teams that we're getting that are actual tag teams are just being seen as um, singles, single stars in the waiting. And I, I really hope that doesn't happen because a, a healthy tag team division is something that is something that wrestling solely needs and WWE solely needs. Yeah, absolutely. And it, put it this way, if they ever broke up the street profits, I go to the back, land of the giants again. Montez is going to be jobbed out. And Dawkins, like Tucker was with heavy machinery, ended up going out the door. And I think the, the only way these two keep going is stick as a tag team. A lovely little montage on Bianca Belair's efforts and achievements came through. And then the funniest part of the night. This got me smiling from ear to ear. The interviewer goes to Brock Lesnar's dressing room and Brock comes out, you know, my name is Brock Lesnar, you know, in that <laughs> heaven style. And he says, I'm going to win the WWE Heavyweight Championship tonight. And that's a spoiler. You know, Heyman's yep. written it for him. You know he has. And it just, yep. just made me beam from ear to ear, hearing that, <laughs> hearing that little call. And I said, well, it's finally given Brock that bit of charisma, hasn't it? He's, he's yeah. got a smile on his face. Now, Brock was always portrayed as heel mostly through his, his, his career. But this face run he's on, he's got everyone behind him. Absolutely. And he's been cheeky and he's been a little irreverent. But that's fine. Absolutely fine. It works absolutely beautiful. Uh, our next match, and, and this did wind me up. This did wind me up. 20 minutes of this. It's uh, the Miz yeah. with Maurice with him versus Edge. And we, yeah. saw, we saw the play up to this, uh, which was the white wedding with a brood. Uh, black stuff came down and covered them. But right. this, this, this actually made us question something, right? Was that either A, the oxygenated bloodbath, or B, sponsor-friendly gunging? I think it was a gunge. Absolutely gunge. <laughs> Midge, uh, sorry, Midge. Midge, I'm thinking of Mary Mungo and Midge, but I'm showing my age there. And if you know what that's about, you'll know what I mean. Uh, Miz came down with Maurice first, uh, of course. Uh, both of them looked really good. And then the brood fire started off on the Titans run. And then Edge raised up. And I thought, yeah, this is your entrance now. Absolutely fine. Comes down, takes the sunglasses off. Straight down in that rig, and is, what, is it just me or is is someone really anxious to keep Gangrel off AEW TV? Because <laughs> this happened last time. <laughs> Gangrel was about to debut in AEW, and they were going to do the whole the whole sort of entrance thing, and then Edge sort of took it for himself. So unless they're, <laughs> it's like it just seems like someone's really anxious to keep uh, to keep Gangrel off their competitors TV. I I could understand this rivalry. But I'm thinking, why? Why are you putting a guy in neck end of 50 and a guy neck end of 40? I know they've got good good followings, but did it need? Did this pay-per-view need it? You could have quite happily put this at Elimination Chamber or something like that, or Royal Rumble. And, you know, it was, it was a bit ploddy was the match, I must admit. But, of course, these two guys, uh, I, I would suggest, are past the best of their careers. And it's, and it's Vince hanging on to coattails again. And that's all it is. It's just for the star quality. We'll get Edge out of retirement. 
and you know he has a, he has a match and then he's off for a couple of months you know and that, that's absolutely cool I, I i do understand that being an elderly gentleman myself you know we all have our good days and bad days but uh you know miss I, I, I mean I, I think personally this was more of a mechanism to uh to facilitate the return of uh beth phoenix absolutely. to to raw and that this and that the elimination chamber or the royal rumble is going to see us get um, Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Beth Phoenix is a tag match because um, it, it seemed like there was a lot of a lot more than usual in the way of sort of interference and distraction from Maurice, yeah. Um, which which you know which, which was going to eventually lead to Beth Phoenix coming out and uh, and chasing her off. See, this has been set up since NXT 2.0 kicked off. This this has always been the plan that Beth was coming off NXT to take up some type of part-time uh, role in the women's division, or as even been a valet or a manager uh, to Edge, or as a, or as a tag team partner in a mixed tag match. But <sighs> Miz, to me, I know he greats and he's got excellent facial uh, arrangements and stuff like that. But I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. Edge was always going to win it. Edge was always going to win it with a spear, and he did. And it was all about the distractions by Maurice, and then seeing Beth Phoenix coming, and and she looked well made up, like she looked well dolled up. And put it this way, she oh, came yes. down that ring, uh, that ring parade, uh, and she, she she was going straight for her. And Maurice ran back, and at that point, uh, Miz didn't stand a chance. And why would you have Edge win the first one? I would also suggest that Miz should have won this one. Sneakily. I've got a feeling. I mean, I've got a feeling that somewhere down the line of the second match is where we're going to see Miz get the victory back, and then it's all going to be about the rubber match at the end. It's, it's either going to be Miz. It's either going to be Miz gets the victory in the second one, or the second one is Maurice versus Beth Phoenix, and Maurice gets the uh, and because they've got no idea of how to build momentum in WWE, the um, then Maurice is going to take the uh, is going to sneak a win over Beth Phoenix, and that's where we're going to get the the the, the tag team rubber match from between just, the two sir, between the two sets of partners. You can already you can already write it on the WrestleMania card, can't you? Yep. You know, <laughs> absolutely. So because you've got uh, we've just done day one, we've got Rumble, Elimination Chamber, probably February, isn't it? And then we go on to WrestleMania at the beginning of April. So. You know, there's plenty of opportunities from there on. There was an advert then for New Year's Evil by NXT coming on this Tuesday, uh, which sees Champer and Breaker. And I can see Breaker getting the belt out of this. I can. You know, and the old guard is pushed to a side even more. Uh, Lashley and MVP are, are interviewed. And Lashley says, look, it doesn't matter. MVP, great talking pieces is MVP. He could sell sand the Arabs can that boy. Absolutely great for him. Uh, we come out of the uh, penultimate match, uh, which is the Raw Women's Championship. And it's Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan. 17 minutes long this match lasted. And I was really impressed at how quick Liv Morgan comes out of there and starts slapping Becky about. Oh yes, like she's uh, she's had all she can stand, and she can stand it no more, and goes and just go, takes off and goes completely, yeah, uh, completely ape with uh, with Becky, which is understandable. You know, she's been uh, technically cheated out with the last couple of matches, although 
it's although it's not looked like she's had the upper hand, it's like the the victories have come via you know like the foot on the ropes and and the rest of it. And see, I mean, this is one thing that got me with this as well when the when the victory came at the uh, at the end of this one after I mean it was a brilliant uh, little sort of like the, the plucky underdog sort of fighting uh, fighting from underneath um, and just taken out completely out of nowhere. Mm. But it did look to me like Becky's foot was looking for the rope. Yeah, I've written, that down. I've written that down in my notes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> you saw her foot go back at her. She wants this on the rope. So the next match, it could be, oh, I didn't have, I, I, you had your foot on the rope that time. But they couldn't do that because we were too far away. Funny enough, I yeah. noticed that as well. Uh, just <laughs> two or three spots in the match, which I really enjoyed. Uh, the sunset flip powerbomb uh, when Liv was on the second rope. Uh, to uh, powerbomb uh, Becky was fantastic for a two. Uh, the stomp of um, Becky's arm by Liv in the corner to get back for what happened yeah. previously. And then uh, Liv, as I say, went for the oblivion. Uh, Bex changed it around, manhandle slam, and to get the pin. And I got to think she was trying to get her feet on the ropes, but she was too far away. <laughs> that's what written on my yeah. notes. And then, uh, <laughs> that's exactly once, what I've got here as well. <laughs> that's stupid, that idea. But yeah, you could see her stretching <laughs> in her feet. Yeah. And, she, and she wasn't far off it. Like, no, no, could, no. It was... But she couldn't like, drag a lift towards her a bit so she could get her feet on the rope. But uh, by the way, that's done and dusted. It'll count as a clean win, which, of course, yeah. They didn't want, and this uh, I think Liv is in that now top echelon now. You've got Liv, Bianca, and Becky now up there, right up there, you know. And, and I'm quite happy that that is where we're heading for WrestleMania. I think it's going to be Bianca's definitely going to be in there. Uh, it's just who's going to win the Rumble. Uh, I could I could see Liv winning it. I could actually see Liv winning it. Uh, I don't think Bianca will win it because she won it last year. I don't think they're going to give it two years in a row. She had a WrestleMania moment last year. As you remember, yeah. we've talked about this before. Before the match started, you see the tears coming down her face. She's absolutely overawed. But then when she got in there, she knocked seven bells out of it. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. So I was just <laughs> to So Becky retains. So up to now, everyone's retained. You know, we'd expected everything. We expected Edge to win. We expected McIntyre to win. You know, everything's expected. Right. And then all of a sudden, you chuck Brock Lesnar into the WWE Championship match. And then at that point, because prior to that, I would say Big E was going to retain. I think he was going to retain. But then... I think so. They brought Brock in, and I thought, they can't let Brock not win. No. Because <laughs> how are you going to stop him? And he, and he set off Rollins and... Kevin Owens, uh, double teaming him and stuff like that. Bobby Lashley put him through that barricade, and he went through that barricade with a with a heck of a momentum, to be honest. And of course, we've got Brock Lesnar suplexing X five F five in everyone. I don't think a flipping heck, what's going on here? And I, I honestly thought, where's Biggie in this? Because I didn't see him a lot in it, to be honest. He, he got yeah. a big, he got a big ending. Uh, on on a guy, uh, I think it was Kevin Owens, and I was just thinking, well, you know, you, you've been out with this match most of the time, and I felt a bit gutted that he didn't have more impact in the match. Uh, but of course, when you got five guys in a match, it's who you're watching all the time. This match, 
the entrances took longer than the match. You know, when I yeah. looked on the clock, there was 20 minutes to go. And the match itself lasted 8 minutes, 25 seconds. And you're thinking, you got five men. This should have been a 30-minute slobber knocker. It That's what been. it should have yeah. been. Not an eight-minute, uh, let's pat Brock on the back. And he, and, he, and he got the F5 on Big E. And, yeah, he's a WWE so, champion. But now... See, pers- personally, I would have done this as an elimination match. Um, but you know, but then again, obviously, time constraints on the pay per view and the rest of it. Well, pay per view, or as they as they refer to it now, or appear to be referring to it, premium, uh, sorry, premium live event. Mm-hmm. That appears to be the new buzzword that they've got for these things, rather than pay per views. Well, it was about <laughs> two hours forty eight, so you could have added another ten minutes to go up to the three hours, I expect. But of course, you've got to get all the ads in and stuff like that. Uh, my, my big ups are, are on this tonight. Love seeing Liv Morgan uh, do that. I love the uh, Brock Lesnar. That's a spoiler. Uh, those are the two things that brighten me up. Uh, it's just the the booking of it is so uh, lacking. You know, there's no imagination. You know, there's everything expected occurred. And I don't like that. I like to go to shows and you think, oh, oh he's going to win. And then the don't, you're shocked. And it's a talking point afterwards. With this, <laughs> I could have written this down before I come on, and I'd have been right. <laughs> exactly. This is, this is the uh, this this is the odd thing. It's like you, you can you can tell when the old guard's writing it again. This is def- this is most definitely Johnny Ace and Bruce Pritchard behind the scenes. It's you know what I mean it's like the it's the the old formulas seem to work work through everything. But if if this is really going to be one of their new annual big five, as they're going to say, this is going to be the new big one that they do every year, then. Really, I would have thought they would have went a bit more out and changed the switched a couple of titles out. I mean, the the one that they did switch out has left them in a bit of a quandary elsewhere because obviously Big E took the uh, took the loss, which mm-hmm. has damaged his momentum in general, mm-hmm. and um, and obviously now that he's on the other brand, or he's like he's a free agent, but he's the champion of the other brand, it's left the the whole Lesnar versus Reigns thing that they've been building for so long in absolute limbo and I understand that obviously we you know with with regards to health problems we don't know how long it's going to be before Roman's going to be back but this just kind of sweeps it under the carpet as opposed to doing anything to keep that going while bringing Lesnar out and presenting him as an attraction anyway that's our that's our call on day one I'd give it a, a 7 out of 10, but it's not getting any more than that. Uh, lazy booking, a couple of nice little spots, but could do better. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that one. I mean, we'll, we'll do we'll do this again for day one, eh? Uh, we'll do this again next week for day one. <laughs> uh, uh, New Year's Evil, you mean? New Year's Evil, yes. I do apologise. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do this again for we've New Year's Evil. We've just done day one, mate. We've, just... we've been on the last 35 <laughs> minutes doing <laughs> Anyway. But... Uh, but we'll uh, we'll be do- we'll be doing little bits like this throughout the uh, throughout the- throughout each month, and uh, our and our monthly main show will now be on demand on the uh, Nova Radio website. We'll link to that as soon as it's available. Uh, it'll be in audio format there because well, it's a radio station, and uh, occasionally we like to dress in more comfy clothes. You know, <laughs> we're always in comfy clothes, mate. <laughs> 
I'll put it this way. Lycra is not a friend of either myself or Lord Stoney. <laughs> Hey, I right. don't know. To be honest, with them, uh, them, them, them flashy suits I've had at the last couple of CCW ones. All I need, all I need to do is take the waistband in a bit, and they're uh, damn good. <laughs> hey, look, I will pay you not to wear them. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, I would suggest, as, as an old friend used to say. I think it looks more like a bunty scruncher, and that's what it is. <laughs> but let's let's leave it there anyway. I I've been the genius. I've had a lovely day, a lovely day with you a lot today. I'll see you soon. And you know what that is? Genius. Genius, man. Thank you very much for joining us. And we'll be back at some point very, very soon. There's Wrestle Kingdom coming up as well. So hopefully we'll be uh, be in touch with our uh, Japanese wrestling correspondent, Lucas, very, very shortly um, with regards to uh, covering, uh, covering that. Um, there'll be more throughout the month. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll see you very soon. See you soon.